Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Okay, everybody. So I am super excited for today's episode because we are interviewing Karima Negmush, who I am so lucky to not just say that I have worked with Karima. She's an amazing, amazing designer, but she's also a friend of mine. We have actually got to meet in person before, which I, you know, in this space, I don't feel like we get to do a ton of, um, and she is an absolutely incredible human. So I'm so excited to be having her on the episode so we can kind of talk through some um, nuances of running a design business and maybe how systems can play into that. So Karima, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. So if you want to go ahead and get us kicked off and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and how you got where you're at today. Yeah, well, thank you so, so much for having me. I am so excited and I just adore you. And yeah, so my shorter version of my story is that I actually am a pretty much self-taught designer. So I didn't really have any formal training for it. I was in college and I was actually studying journalism. And with that, I got to help kind of like design some pages of the paper sometime. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And so So I, from there, kept trying to get design jobs or into a design role. And I just realized that you have to have experience. And so... I was fired from my like first job. It was as a writer. It was because I hated writing. I was literally sitting in like a dusty cubicle all day. I mean, literally just transcribing like three hour long calls. It was so awful. I felt like a robot and I was just so unfulfilled. And I would literally cry on like Fridays thinking about work on Mondays, which I think a lot of people who get out of the corporate space can relate to. And so I was really trying to make it happen for myself at that point. And I was like, this is going to be my rags to riches story. Like I'm going to, you know, be struggling right now and everything's going to, you know, miraculously work out within the next few months. Like I'm going to start my own business. So I, oh my gosh, I have like old Facebook posts. I go and look back on and it is so funny because I had no idea what I was doing. I literally was just like, Hey guys, like if you need a birthday card or a resume, it's $25, just let me know. And some friends were grabbing graduating college. So they would need resume. So I would spend like four hours working on a resume charge $25, like out of a Starbucks. I ended up like losing my apartment because I couldn't pay for everything that needed done with it and just the maintenance and all of that. And so I was behind on my bills and I remember my like all time low was I couldn't afford dog food for the month. And so I remember sitting there and like looking in my freezer and all I had was like frozen hamburgers. And I was like, well, I guess we're going to cook some hamburgers tonight. And me and my dog were sitting like eating a frozen hamburger at our friend's house because we didn't have an apartment. And I was like basically couch surfing and living out of trash bags. It was a whole year that year. Um, that was 2017. And I, yeah, it's funny. My friends now joke. They're like, well, if Carrie could get through 2017, they call me Carrie for short, but they're like, we can get through anything. And I'm like, no, absolutely. So yeah, after that though, I just really was like so dedicated. And I started investing into other people who had 
courses. I bought a course. I remember I had saved up for like months and I bought Jenna Kutcher's Instagram lab course. And the way I like even studied that thing, it was like my holy grail because it was the biggest thing I'd ever invested in. You know, that was all the money I had to my name. I was $10,000 in debt. It was just, it was a whole journey, but I was so dedicated and hired a business coach. I did all of the things before I even fully had a business just to get clarity. And I was just determined to make it happen. And now I'm three years into it full time. I have a team um, of six. I have a full-time employee. It's just been amazing. So that is my, I said quick, but it wasn't that quick story. (laughs) No, that's awesome. I, I don't think you should condense that down ever because I think it's so, so important for people to see like not just the success side of running a business, right? It is hard freaking work, right? We're not going to sugarcoat that. Like it is not easy to start your own business. And I love your story too, because I can relate so much to all of it. I wasn't quite couch surfing, but I was to the point where I'm like, holy crap. Like, I don't know how we, you know, we're going to make ends meet type of situation. And it's scary. But I remember like when you're talking about, you know, I bought Jenna Kutcher's course, you know, I remember when I made my first big investment in my business. Um, and I was like, okay, like I put it on my credit card. And I was so, I was like sick to my stomach making that purchase because I I literally threw up. Yes. It is so scary. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, am I making a giant mistake? And, and I, I literally remember like buying my first course and hiring my first, you know, quote unquote mentor. And it was literally just somebody that I'd found in this space. I was like, Oh, she does what I want to do. Like, I'll just reach out and see if she could kind of give me some tips. And that was like the first steps that I took too. So I love, love hearing your story because I relate to it so, so much. And I think a lot of people do, right? Like, especially coming from a corporate job where we're just feeling miserable and unfulfilled. I think a lot of us can relate to that. I think a lot of us have been in those shoes. That's how I felt. I just felt like, you know, how I'm spending my time. Right. And this is not how I want to spend every day for the rest of my life. There has to be more than this. And that's, you know, what kind of lights the fire under your butt to make that choice. And sometimes, like you said, you know, it's not always easy, but it's worth it, right? It's worth it in the long run. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just what you said. There was just this like gut feeling every day that was like, you were meant for so much more. And it was like to the point I could not ignore it. And everyone in my family has never been like a risk taker or anyone like that. And I remember even my business coach, when I was like, you know, I'm doing it full time. She was like, this is very much a faith-based risk. And she was like, usually I like them to be a little more calculated, but like, I know you're going to figure it out. So yeah, I mean, you really have to, I feel like in this space and even once you've been in this space and you're continuing to grow, like you have to fully dedicate yourself to like anything you do, you know, like any launch you have, any clients you have, like you have to fully be able to like show up in that way. And obviously, like you said, it's not always easy and you have to be committed to making mistakes and learning and all of that too. And yeah, just from the start, it's never going to just be like a linear path. There's so many setbacks, so many things, but it's like just choosing to show up for yourself every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And like for myself, I'm pretty type A and I want to plan. Right. And so that was another thing that was really hard and scary for me was because there was really no way to plan basically taking a leap of faith, if that makes sense. Like you just kind of had to do it. And that was terrifying for me. And, you know, that kind of naturally leads into my first question for you. And it's, you know, myself, I'm very type A, I'm very systems oriented, like 
I don't think the creative side of my brain really fully developed. You know, I, I know where my skill set is that it's not the creative side when it comes to my business or the type of work that I do. And you, on the other hand, are very creative and you work with a lot of other designers. I know you have your course that you have as well. Um, so you work with designers on how to start a design business. And so from that perspective, I know for creative, sometimes it's the opposite, right? The black and white, the analytical stuff is a little bit more challenging for them as well. Would you, would you agree with that? Would you say that? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And that's what I always tell people too. I'm like, I fully know my zone of genius and it is not like, you know, how you were just like, I feel like the creative side of my brain, that's how I am with the analytical side and things like that. And it's like, I think that way, but executing that way is so hard because I mean, I'm a big, like brain dumps and just intuition and just like creating and getting inspired by obviously running a business. You kind of have to figure out how to always, and same with you, like you have to figure out how to like really step into creative roles sometimes. And same with me with like being able to be organized and having those, you know, systems and things. I'm like, I have to, I have to do this or I would lose my mind because you can't just be an artist. Like all the time you have to have systems and structure as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hard thing about running a business, right? It it challenges you. That's why I always tell people starting my own business was the biggest thing that I could have done to, I mean, I got more out of starting my own business than I got out of college, right? I learned more by running my own business than I did in four years of school. And I think it's because it really pushes our boundaries in terms of, you know, what we are and are not comfortable doing. And like you mentioned, you know, systems isn't comfortable for you. It's not something that you enjoy doing, but you know, it's a necessary part of your business where I also know that the creative side is not where I flourish, but it is also necessary for running a business. Right. And so, um, as far as systems go in a creative type business, like a design agency, for example, how do you personally use systems in your business? Or what would you say to other designers that maybe wouldn't feel like they're as necessary in a creative type agency or business in general? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that the first thing is, is that as creatives, when we hear things like systems or like CRMs or like anything that's client facing that requires like organization and everything, we automatically freeze. Like we're like, wait a second. Like, what does that mean? It sounds so complicated. It's harder for us to digest. But I think as just a first point, systems can be an hold really any meaning that you want them to. Like they don't have to be super complicated. They don't have to be crazy, complex, built out like funnels. I still don't have that. You know, like the way I do things is so simple. And I think that's just a really big thing that I wish I'd learned early on because I was trying to overcomplicate everything. And I would just sit there basically paralyzed because I I'm not someone who I feel like could just be like, okay, like this is good enough. I was like, wait, no, I want to do it right. And so I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing and not necessarily what actually worked for my business. And it wasn't working and it was stressing me out and it was stressing my clients out because they weren't understanding what I was trying to do. And so I really just stripped it back to the basics and thought, okay, what is my process? How do I serve my clients? And how can I literally simplify it? Not for just them, but for me. And I think that's just a really big permission slip to know that, you know, systems can really be whatever you make it. Like I use ClickUp internally with my team member and I basically just that, like I just put any tasks that need to be done and then I review it and I move it into review. Like it's so simple how I use that for my team. And then for clients, if they want to invite me to ClickUp, it's honestly basically the same thing. Or HoneyBook is my CRM, like just having everything in one place and sending out questionnaires and, you know, working from the most 
simple standpoint and then just building as you continue to grow and figure out what's missing. And I think that's the thing too, is people feel like they have to have it all set up at once or when they begin, but instead I feel like you should just start with the bare minimum and then find the holes and then fix it, you know, instead of trying to have it all set out from day one, because then a lot of times so many people just never do it. Yeah. So I actually love everything that you just said, because so much of that is what we teach our students or talk to our clients about, right? Because I feel like number one, there's a big misunderstanding or big misconception about what systems are, right? A lot of people associate that with, okay, it's a tech platform or it's a software or something like that. But it, a system can also just be something as simple as a process that you like rinse and repeat every single day, right? Like, so for example, maybe it's every time I you know write a blog post, I follow the same series of steps to put that blog post out into the world. And so that's, I think number one is systems doesn't have to be this big complex thing that we, you know, make it out to be. And number two, I'm a big, big proponent of a lean system, right? And you totally nailed that on the head just now when you're talking about, it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be this huge complicated thing that we're trying to, you know, build out in our business because we see everybody else doing it, right? I think that's huge, huge in this space. We're constantly seeing, what everybody else is doing. Right. And with that, I think comes that obviously like comparing ourselves to other people and how they run their business. And we think that, okay, because this person's doing this and they're clearly successful, then I need to be doing that for my business. But that doesn't always mean that that is going to serve your business. You need to look at your business through your own lens. And I always kind of like, I use the analogy of when you're running a race, you're not looking at the person next to you, right? Like you have to focus on your own lane and make decisions that's best for how you want to run your business or how you want to show up in your business or what success looks like. And so from a systems perspective, that's 100% what we recommend is always do what works best for you. You do not have to use all these bells and whistles just because they're there, right? And so I'm so, so glad that you said that because that's exactly exactly how we like to approach it because if a system's overwhelming, you're not going to want to use it. Right. And that's just defeating the purpose of having one in your business. No, for sure. And I think it goes back to, too. it's kind of like whenever you're like, okay, what's the goal? Start a business. Like you can equate it back to another real life scenario, like losing weight. And I remember my doctor one time I was sitting there and oh my gosh, it was years ago. And I was like, yeah, like, I just feel like unhappy with myself. And I was like, what's like a good workout routine or like eating regimen? Like, what should I be doing? She was like the one that you will do, you know, and it's the same thing with like business and systems and all of that. Like, instead of just trying to do what you think you should be doing, like, what are you actually going to do on the day to day? That is what you have to look at. And so that I feel like is another way to just grant yourself permission to like run your business your own way. And I always tell people, and I mean, it's one of the number one things I even teach in my course is there are no rules to business. Like it can be a constant experiment. You're going to constantly be growing and learning and changing things. And that is normal. Like you don't just have it all figured out from day one. And that's why I'm a big fan of just starting small, like even HoneyBook, which I mean, I use for everything every day, you know, like I keep all my contracts there, my proposals, I use it for scheduling. Now I'm adding a bunch of workflows. Like I started with the bare minimum. Like I would just send out invoices and then I kind of got to test out the waters, make sure I liked it. And then I started really like building it out and making it, you know, more complicated, but it's just taking that first step into how can I like make my own life easier? And same thing with ClickUp. Like I I do not use it to its full capabilities. I don't even understand how, but I understand it so much more than I did 
three months ago when I just started using it. And so as I continue to find gaps or realize that things aren't working, that's when I feel like you can really say like, okay, how do we solve this problem? And yeah, I feel like it's just a really good way for, especially like the super creative and right brain people to just be like, okay, let me start out small and not have it all figured out and just do it in a way that feels good and is actually manageable for me. Because if I have these crazy built out things for, you know, each client or onboarded them all to like a sauna or whatever that I thought I was supposed to be doing, I would literally fall behind because I wouldn't even realize what was there because I don't fully understand it. And so just really giving yourself that permission to just run your business in the way that you want to run your business. And that like is actually making your life easier. Yeah. And I totally agree. And obviously we love ClickUp over here, you know, ClickUp's our jam. And every time when people come to us and if they say something, you know, like ClickUp's overwhelming or I don't understand how to use it. I always like to circle back to yes, like ClickUp has a bunch of features and all of these things, but that doesn't mean you have to use them, right? Like we don't even use all the features because it's not necessary. It's not something that we need to introduce into our business for our business to run efficiently. And so kind of leading into our next question, which we like to ask all of our guests this, but what is your favorite platform or tool that you currently use in your business right now? Yeah. So, I mean, tools, I love Voxer. Like I am a big Voxer person just because I feel like especially, okay, actually Voxer and Loom, I feel like would be tied. I feel like for any sort of creative introducing Loom into your process in any way is a game changer. Like I used to send off logos and get, I don't know. I mean, probably 50% right on the first try. Now I send over Loom videos, like explaining the logos, even if it's two minutes long. And I'm like, Hey, here's why I chose this typeface. Here's where I could see this working. Here's why I use this X, Y, Z, just super quick. And now I probably get like 90%, you know, like of things right on the first try and just being able to save myself so much time by taking that extra couple of minutes up front has been such a game changer. And then Voxer, same thing with like clients creatively. Sometimes it's so hard to talk things through. And I mean, obviously any creative, any service provider, we are trying so hard to make sure everyone's happy and we're just not mind readers sometimes. And so things can get so lost over email. Like when people are like, Hey, this is what I'm envisioning, but they might not know design terms because they're not a designer or they, you know, might say something that they didn't really realize like the work that goes into it. So just being able to talk things out as a creative has been so beneficial for me. And like I set such clear boundaries around it. I make sure that it's actually working for me, but it has been a game changer. Yeah. I'm actually glad that you brought up Loom because honestly, that is probably one of the most useful tools. I'd say that business owners could use both internally with their team and externally. And for those of you that maybe don't know what Loom is, it's a screen recording tool. So you can use it if you have a Google Chrome, there's a Chrome extension and you can basically record videos of your computer screen. So as you know, Karima is explaining, okay, Hey, maybe I'm sending over a first draft of a logo. She can kind of walk through what she's seeing on her computer so she can explain it to her clients. And I think email communication is hard because I think it's sometimes not as easy to convey what you're trying to explain, especially from like a service-based business perspective where you're trying, okay, here's the design, you know, here's why we did it this way. That's really hard to try to convey in an email. So I think Loom is super, super awesome for that. And I'm still adjusting to Voxer. Like I have to remind myself sometimes to go on and get on there. I don't know why I struggle with remembering to go check Voxer. I literally 
just started using it. I guess it was when we went for our trip to Atlanta or our last one, when everybody was like, let's get in a Voxer group chat. I didn't even have it on my phone. I was like, okay, sounds good guys. And I'm over here trying to download it on my app. I was like, I don't even use this. I don't know, but it does make communication a lot easier, right? It really does. And when we talk about communication too, like on our team, I always tell my clients, like choose one or two communication hubs or platforms tops for communication. So like, for example, maybe internally you use Slack for your team and externally for your clients use Voxer, especially I know like a lot of coaches like to utilize Voxer as well for their one-on-one clients and things like that, just because it is easier to, you know, get a message across. Yeah. And I mean, just with Loom too, I feel like it just saves so much time in one, you know, being able to explain things and get things right on the first try, which I mean, saves hours and hours of work, but also just like time on calls. Like I hate phone calls, phone calls, literally drain me. And I mean, I like one or two, right. With each client, like obviously the initial phone call, that's so important. And then like a strategy call important, but like, other than that, it's usually just so much back and forth and you can't record calls. You can't go back and watch calls. But if a client gives me loom feedback, even using it back to me, you know, it's just like a two-way street. It's not only that you can use that, but it's like when they give me feedback, which is what you did, I can take notes. I can rewatch it. I can hear their feedback in a way that's not which a lot of times phone calls are just talking in circles, you know, and like trying to frantically take notes. So yeah, I think that Loom has been like the biggest game changer. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but this will be real quick. If you started your business, you are your own boss, but along with being the CEO, you're also the accountant, the marketing manager, creative director, executive assistant, and many more titles. If you don't do it, it doesn't get done. And if you need help doing it all, you need HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communication, booking, contracts, and invoices all in one place. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work and they have a ton of easy to use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, and invoices. I personally use HoneyBook to simplify my booking process in my business and stay on top of inquiries and clients in my pipeline. All you have to do is go to the link below in the show notes and sign up today. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. So I know, you know, with the course that you have, you know, you're teaching people basically how to run a design business. So if you're starting a branding business, what do you think are some actionable steps that people can take to better reverse engineer the things that they're doing in their business to make them have more structure, if that makes sense. So like, for example, client onboarding, what were some steps that you took to kind of outline that process for your business? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just, and I mean, again, I'm a big brain dump person and I think it helps me actually see things. So I literally just, whenever I am feeling overwhelmed or feeling like I'm spending a lot of time on admin tasks or whatever, I just make a brain dump. And I did this like last January and I went through and highlighted the things about my business that were stressing me out. And I've heard a lot of people say, and I think it's just so important to think, can I, delegate this, automate this or eliminate it. And so I kind of did that. And that's honestly how I cleaned up so much of the stuff in the back end. Cause like my onboarding process used to be so extra and it was so unnecessary. Like it was stressing my clients out. It was stressing me out. I would do this like PDF with this very detailed timeline and what they should expect. And like all of these things that they needed to check off one by one. And so much of it was just fluff. Like, you know, it could have just gotten across in like bullet points in an email. And so that's how I run things now. And like, 
it's not for everyone and everyone has their own stuff and, you know, their own processes and their own clients. But I found for me, like my clients were just like, Hey, what do I need to do again? And I was like, well, this PDF is doing nothing because I'm still being asked. And so I'm just wasting my time. So I was like, let me eliminate that. And then things like exporting files, Google drive things like specific collateral items. Those were things that were like stressing me out and taking up so much of my time. So I delegated it and I hired a team member to really be able to do that kind of stuff. And then things like questionnaires and everything like that. I was like, how can I just have this automatically sent after someone sends a proposal? So I don't have to manually do it. And just setting up that trigger and HoneyBook or, Hey, how can I have it where I have all of these canned emails because email, oh my gosh, that is something, I mean, I hate email. Like my inbox, I think you all were joking when we were in Atlanta because everyone was like, your inbox is a dark place. And I'm like, it really is because I make it that way. And I think it's just because I am someone who is so creative and a big ideas person. And so I love to communicate and collaborate. But whenever people send me paragraphs and paragraphs and emails, it's like, I forget how to read. Like I have to literally sometimes paste an email into a Google doc and break it into bullet points to make sure I don't miss anything because I get so overwhelmed by it. And it's obviously a me thing, but I've learned a lot of creatives, especially in my course kind of feel the same way. So even just asking myself, like, how can I spend less time in my inbox? And I even have like an autoresponder now that's like, Hey, I am creating right now. And I believe like creativity is fueled by dedicated time where I can really get in the zone. And so I only check my inbox twice a day, please expect a 48 hour response. And so instead of feeling like I was absolutely getting drained at the end of the day, every day, just sitting in my inbox, I was allowed extra time and time to actually create without interruptions. And it has also been such a changer for me. And so just things like that, that I was like, how do I bring more joy in the day-to-day and less of the things that drain me? Because at the end of the day, we are all just want to do what we want to do. You know, you want to create systems and like organize businesses and teach that and like manage a team. Like those are the things that you are a genius at. You don't want to have to sit there and do the little mundane task all day. And same thing with me. Like I want to create, I want to create brands for people. I want to tap into their businesses and see things through their lens and enhance the client experience. Like those are things that light me up sitting and replying to emails about domain connections and things like that. Like those are the mundane tasks that obviously need done, but like, how can I make sure that everything is so simple for me and them. I love that. So I actually love that you brought up the autoresponder too, because that's something that we have on our support inbox is just acknowledging, right? Hey, we received your email. We're serving our clients right now. And we will make sure to get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. Right. And just doing some little touch points like that, that it takes the pressure off of you feeling like you have to immediately respond because I think that's another thing. Like we're obviously in a space where we're connected all the time. We get into this mentality or this mindset that we have to be available all the time. And we don't, right? Like we really don't. And people understand that. And, and, you know, maybe if they don't, maybe they're not your people necessarily. And that's okay. You know, people have different expectations as far as what that looks like, but setting boundaries around that, I think is super, super critical because it is super easy to get burnt out because we are connected all the time and doing all the time. And when you were talking about the mundane tasks type of stuff and things of that nature, that's one of like the first things that we teach, right? Like whether it's in our course or when we start working with a new ClickUp setup client, we always have them submit and review their recurring tasks that they do in their business. You know, what do you do every day, week, month, and what do you want to keep? What do you want to delegate? Because 
evaluating those things and eliminating. I think that's the biggest piece that you said. That's, I think personally, the most important because we don't have to do all the things in our business for it to be successful. This goes back to like running our own race type of situation is just because everybody else is doing it. Doesn't mean it's serving our business. And so how do we pinpoint the things that we should or should not be doing in our business? I like to look at it from the perspective of number one, is it driving ROI in my business? Right? Like I'm always like a big numbers person. I like to look at the data and it doesn't have to be ROI from a monetary standpoint. It could be like, Hey, does this bring more leads into my business? Does this drive more traffic to my website? How is this task actually serving my business? And if it's not serving your business, why are we still doing it? It doesn't make sense to continue to do it. And so like, you know, an example of that would be, you know, maybe you have a virtual assistant on your team and one of her tasks is to go in and engage on Facebook and then on Instagram for you every single day. Maybe it's, Hey, I spent three hours engaging on Facebook. Facebook and we got one lead versus I spent an hour on Instagram and we got 10 leads. That's a very clear like separation of, okay, Instagram is clearly serving our business way better than Facebook. Why are we still even being active on here in terms of, you know, engagement and things like that? Because it's not doing anything for us really. And so I think really looking at that and then taking it a step further, like you said also too, is what do I enjoy doing? What do I actually like doing? Because when we start our businesses, We typically do it because we are in a position where we have a passion for something and we want to monetize that some way. And you know, that's how a lot of us got started. And so I think what happens is we scale and grow so quickly we get so caught up in the weeds and like doing everything in the back end that we start to not have time to be able to do the things that we started our business to do, if that makes sense. And so that's, I think another thing too, to evaluate and evaluate on a consistent basis, right? Like maybe it's every quarter you look at your list of things that you're doing and saying, is this still serving me in my business? And am I still enjoying it? Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And I mean, it all goes back down to like, well, one, like our time as entrepreneurs is everything to us. Right. And it's just going back to like, what is actually moving the needle forward in our business? And just remembering that, like, you are going to feel so much more momentum with things when things are actually working and you're going to want to do them. And so instead of trying to like be everywhere and do everything. And I mean, this goes back to, like you said, just running your business, how you want and not trying to do it in the way you think you're supposed to. Like, I don't do email marketing. I mean, I don't do a lot of things that people probably like, I'm not really on LinkedIn. I don't do things that I've heard that you're supposed to do. And that is fine. And I'm not saying, Hey, don't do email marketing. I'm just saying, Hey, that was causing me more stress than joy for like the services I provide. I provide high ticket services. I wasn't really getting results when I did spend time doing it. So I'm not doing it now. I'll probably do it in the future. Like I see the value in it, but I'm not going to spend my time doing it now. And that's okay because I don't want to, and I don't have to, you know? And so just really thinking of things like that, like what's moving the needle forward and how can you spend your time? You know, I could spend an hour with resistance, writing an email and then sending that out. Or I could spend an hour, like you said, engaging on Instagram and getting a lead. Yeah. It's funny. You said writing the email because I know for like myself, I'm not like the most creative person. So 
just copywriting in general for me is just, it just doesn't mesh well with my brain. It does not go over well. And so I know for me that it's going to take me so much more time to sit down and write something like an email or a social post, whatever it is, than it would be to go do something else. And so that's also another indicator for me um, because I have a team that that's something that I can look at delegating. Right. And so that's also something to kind of keep in mind. If you are a solopreneur and you eventually want to have a team, what are those things that you know, you want to start to outsource first, whether it's because, you know, it's not a good use of your personal time because of how much time and energy it does take you to have that output. Right. And is it something that you're enjoying and use that to kind of start developing, okay, what is the role that I need to hire for in my business too, to help start getting some of these you know, more admin type tasks off my plate. So, okay. So I know we've talked a lot about systems and things like that, but I always like to wrap up our um, podcast episodes with some fun rapid fire questions. And so some of them are business related. Some of them are personal questions. So I will go ahead. I'll start with a business one. What is your favorite part about being a business owner? So I know it's kind of a hard question, but what is your personal favorite part? Yeah. I mean, I think the community, like I feel like, and I say this all the time, I never felt like I fit in really like any time in my life, like sports. I was like, Oh, like this is cool, but I don't really care. Like I did theater. I was like, same thing. Cool. Don't really care. Like I never felt like, so, you know, like I should be part of a space until I became an entrepreneur. And I'm like, no, like I feel like I belong here. Yeah. I love that answer. I think like, you know, I had another podcast episode last week and we were talking about how important, like having a network and community is, you know, no different than like when we all went and got together in Atlanta a couple weeks back, especially in this industry, it's hard for us to explain what we do to people outside of the industry, if that makes sense. Yes. And it's hard to have like people that would relate like with the same types of struggles and things that we were experiencing. And so I think like you said, community and network is so, so vital because because especially too, when we're working remotely, it can be isolating. Right. And it's like, you're kind of going at it by yourself. And I think that's going to be like a key, not just to maintaining your sanity as a business owner, but being able to continue to move forward because it gets draining. And if you don't have people that understand what you're doing, it's hard because you're really just kind of bouncing things off your own head. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So the next question is what is your favorite meal? So if you were to have like your last meal, what would it be? Um, I literally love tiki masala. Like I order it and this is really, really weird. And so this was happening like as a thing when I grew up, but I love it with pizza because like I used to go to the mosque because my family, you know, raised me Muslim and we'd go there and they'd always serve pizza with Indian food. And now it's like my favorite thing. And it's always really weird because I order them together and people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, trust me. So that. I mean, I'm definitely not going to knock it till I try it. Like I love food, especially like I'm eight months pregnant at the time of recording this episode. So food is my jam right now. So I'm not going to knock that. I would say I would definitely try it. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Um, and what is your favorite business book? Ooh, honestly. So there's a book called the chillpreneur. I don't know who wrote it, but it was amazing. I read it like last year and it was basically about like how she ran her business by like chilling out, like literally just like not doing everything and not stressing over everything and just like enjoying her life and that. And then you're a badass at making money by like Jen Sincero. I really do love that book. Like that book, especially when I was, you know, really struggling with like money mindset stuff, like really, really, I feel like gave me a lot of just like permission. I love the, you said it's chillpreneur. Is that what it was called? 
Yeah. I love that because I feel like so many of the professional or like business development books that we read are more on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, where you have to have structure and you need to implement this to have a successful business. So there was one book that I read that was called to hell with the hustle, I think. Um, but it's the same concept, right? Like it's not that we shouldn't work hard, you know, or, you know, have good structure in our business, but there's also something to be said that we started our business because we had an end goal for our life. If that makes sense, like what we wanted our lifestyle to look like. And when we get so consumed with our business all the time, that sometimes fades or disappears a little bit. We get so caught up, we get burnt out. And I know we've talked about this before and, uh, I'm going to have to pick up that book because that sounds really good. It's, it's so, so good. Yeah. And she's like, Hey, like I'm a millionaire and I like to relax. So (laughs) yes, this is just like being honest. Like, Hey, my name is Courtney. And I like to take two naps a day. something I love to do. Um, okay. What is your dream travel location? Ooh, I think Greece, Greece for sure. Actually. Yeah. That's always been it. Yeah. I love Greece. I went to Santorini, um, in Athens three years ago, four years ago now, I think. And it's beautiful. I loved it. And the food is so good again, talking about food again, but I feel like it's an important part. That's like one of the best parts about traveling though, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. And then this is the last question, but when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, a attorney actually, well, actually when I was little, I wanted to be a, um, like spy, like an FBI agent. And then that turned into an attorney. It's funny. I have like a little book I found when I was moving and it was like me, writing my future when I was like in elementary school. And I was like, I'm going to be a detective for the FBI. And like, I was like, well, that that's interesting. <laughs> so did you wanting to be an attorney? Did Legally Blonde inspire that at all? No, I really don't know what did like, honestly, but I mean, it got to the point, like I had signed up for and studied for my LSAT. And then the day I was supposed to go, I just didn't go. Like I just had an identity crisis and I was like, I don't want to be an attorney. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I, I loved Legally Blonde when she kind of like made her pivot. She's like, I'm going to, you know, show you you guys how tough Elle Woods can be. And she goes and buys her computer and starts studying really hard. I'm like, yeah, like, I want to be like that too. I want to, I want to be, you know, go to college and become an attorney and be just like Elle Woods. I have a confession. I've never seen Legally Blonde. Are you kidding me? No, I'm... <laughs> okay, we're gonna start a new podcast, uh, True Life Confessions, and that is at the top of the list. That's episode one. Holy crap! I uh, you'll have to check it out sometime. I love Legally Blonde. Okay, so that is actually that's all our questions that we have for you, but. Karima, like I obviously, I love you to death. Um, and this has been such a fun podcast episode. So if people want to get in contact with you, if they want to work with you, what are some ways that they can work with you or how to get in contact with you? That's best. Yeah. Well, don't email me. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't email her. I, no, I'm always on Instagram at karima.creative. Um, and then yeah, karimacreative.com. I have all my things. I have a course for designers called the confident creative, where we literally talk about all the things I have a podcast called creative minds think alike. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where to find me hanging out. I always am doing something and launching something and I'm taking kind of a break right now from all of the launches and all of the doing, but I do full brand and web design and brand design and web design separately as well. Um, and yeah, all that's on my website. If you are interested. Amazing. And I'm so proud of you for taking a break and kind of, you know, honoring yourself and that boundary too. Cause I know that's a huge, huge piece that part of business that a lot of us don't do that we need to do more often and, you know, hear that it's okay to do, because I think we all get caught up in this go, 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 do, do, do all the time. And don't just like be present and just be okay with being content with where we're at in our business. So I'm 
really refreshing and glad to hear that you're doing that. Well, Karima, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you guys have any questions for Karima, please feel free to reach out to her. Otherwise we will see you guys next week for our next episode. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.